the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. It's spring, and Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island is your lawn care company. Call them today for a free quote, 401-392-1025. Check out their website, lawndoctor.com. Your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Call them now. Get that spring program. You have the fertilizer, then you guaranteed broadleaf crabgrass control. Your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Call Lawn Doctor today. Check out their website, lawndoctor.com, or call them 401-392-1025. On DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You could always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. Well, folks, it's Wednesday. It is uh, the day after. It was the uh, Chauvin verdict last night. And fortunately, there was some protest, but certainly not what it would have been had the verdict not come out. A lot of people are wondering, you know, now there'll be questions about the verdict, how it came about. Think about it. It's outrageous what Maxine Waters said. It's also doubly outrageous. The president of the United States weighing in. Before it came out, I want to start off our program with uh, Candace Owens, who's really terrific. She was on with Tucker Carlson last night. And once in a while, you see someone when they just have a incredible television appearance. That was Candace Owens last night. You're going to hear a lot more from her. She attended a URI at one point, but um, she has just burst onto the scene. And last night, that was uh, really remarkable. Here is Candace Owens last night on Tucker Carlson. You think in a country like ours... Very top, I mean, this is the most first world country that's ever been. You think the most civilized and the most just. Here you have to consider a murder case through the lens of politics. When you get to that point, haven't you already given up civilization? Well, that's correct. And what we're really seeing is mob justice. And, and that's really what happened with this entire trial. This was not a trial about George Floyd or Derek Chauvin. This was a trial about whether the media uh, was powerful enough to create a simulation and decide upon a narrative absent any facts, whether it was powerful enough to repeat showing and talking about a nine minute clip that came from somebody's cell phone without adding any context, without showing the full, you know, the full police video, which they could have released. They refused to release the full body cam, which would have added more clarity um, to the fact that the media was lying. You know, the media came out. Let's not forget this, Tucker. The media came out and told us that this was a man who was just getting his life together. He was a good, you know, good member of society. And he got mixed up because a racist white police officer had it out for him and and killed him. All of that fell apart. All the facts came out and all of that fell apart. We now know, of course, that he had enough fentanyl in him. It was three times the lethal dosage, three times lethal dosage in him when he died. But nobody cares because the media was successful and putting out a narrative and they kept hitting that narrative. And the reason why the Democrats are happy is because they realize, of course, the media supports them. And now means the Democrats can get whatever they want because they can create a narrative and then they can treat people like pawns and get them to basically say, if we don't get what we want, we will riot, we will loot, we will send these people out like soldiers to destroy your neighborhoods. And that is exactly what has happened. That has been the determination of this trial. The media and the Democrats now have enough power to bully, to bully and to lie to and to create propaganda and to successfully win. And that is what happened. And they are celebrating that win today. This was not a fair trial. Only one side. No person can say this was a fair trial. You just got to take three steps back and acknowledge that only one side behaves this way. I mean, a a jury in 1995 concluded that O.J. Simpson, despite DNA evidence, hadn't murdered two people and there were no riots. But more to the point, there are a lot of people sitting behind Trump voters sitting behind bars right now, have been for months charged effectively with trespassing. We've seen the charges. No Republican in the Congress stands up for them. Nobody mentions that nobody, you know, is for prison reform when it's their political enemies. That's not equal justice, but nobody says it. Why is that? Because we have two pandemics going on right now. There's a pandemic of ignorance in this country, and that is only allowed to fly because you also have a pandemic of cowardice in this country, okay? So we have people that are, are purposefully putting out a bunch of ignorant, ignorant claims, and then we have people that are too cowardly to stand up and say, you know what, this is wrong. 
There has been so much that has Again, been going on. Again, this is Candace Owens last night on Tucker Carlson on the John DePietro show. We do not have people that are sitting in Congress that are willing to take this fight where it needs to be taken. By the way, you bring up Maxine Waters inciting violence. I'm so old, Tucker, that I remember when a man said, march peacefully and patriotically to the Capitol, and that was considered an insight to President violence. President Trump. Right? That was like, oh my God, stop the press. January Yet 6th. this person disappeared from social media because he is calling for violence. Look at what Maxine Waters says. That's no right. One, no one in the media is condemning these and condemning these remarks. That yep. same media that condemned condemned Trump and his supporters for weeks on end is now defending Maxine Waters. And we both know this. That's it's right. not the first time that Maxine Waters has incited violence. Don't forget, rush down. If you see a Trump supporter, you gotta rush him down in the restaurants. They're allowed to do this. They play by a different set of rules, but it's because we allow them to play with that different set of rules. They get away with virtually everything because we don't have strong people on our side that are willing to stand up. You know, and, and, and that it's a sad conclusion. It really is so frustrating. And the idea of martyring George Floyd, the way Nancy Pelosi spoke about him, it completely forgives all of the trauma that he brought against his victims while he was alive. You know, a man that served seven plus stints in prison while he was alive, armed robbery being two of the reasons why. And now we're going to martyr him and say that your name will forever be synonymous with justice. Imagine, Tucker, if you are one of his victims that is alive, one of his victims that he armed robbed, and you have to hear that this man's name will always be synonymous with justice. How would that feel to you? Good I point. feel like we are living in fiction right now yep. in America. We are losing this country and we are living in fiction. Yep. People are not strong enough to call out this stuff. That's and I feel right. like I'm one of the only ones who yep. has the courage to say, I will not be mobbed into a different reality. Wow. This is where they try and pull you off the internet because you're not afraid. I just got to ask you, it's, so, it's frustrating, of course, to watch what you and I have been talking about where one side ferociously defends its power, the other side abandons its voters to jail. I wonder, though, is there a point where just ordinary people can say, you know, I, I'm not in control of politics, but you're not allowed to block my street with a protest or intimidate me uh, on my front lawn? Or Again, folks, that was uh, Candace Owens last night on Tucker Carlson. All right, we have a great program in store. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals, 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers and won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time, full-time, maybe weekend work. You need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession. MEGA Professionals, call them today, 508-336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. For all your tree needs, call the tree trimming experts in Lincoln. It's Yankee Tree Service. Call them today for a free quote, 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, 401-439-6028. Fully insured tree removal company with a licensed arborist. Yankee Tree Service, they provide various tree services, including tree removal, pruning, land clearing, stump grinding, and bobcat service. Check out their website, yankeetreeservice.com. Whether it's for tree removal 
or stump grinding. Yankee Tree Service provides stump grinding so you can enjoy your landscape without the eyesore of old stumps. Tree pruning. You know, many times a tree just needs to be pruned instead of completely cut down. The licensed arborists with Yankee Tree Service, they'll help you decide what's the best treatment plan for your tree. Emergency service or bucket truck service. They'll get up in the bucket. Call Yankee Tree Service today for a free quote. 401-439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11, we go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, which is depietro.com. Joining me right now, he is a uh, columnist for the Boston Globe. It is Dan McGowan. And Dan, if you don't mind, I'd like to start off just because I so enjoy getting email roadmap each day. Folks, each day, think of this. You get an email. It's called Roadmap. It's from all new information, links to things, everything that's kind of happening that day. Dan, would you mind if we just start off and you explain or how people could get that free to them starting tomorrow? Absolutely, John. The, the best part, as you said, it's free. Uh, and it'll take you five minutes to read it, right? It's a quick thing. You wake up in the morning before 8 a.m. You can go through. There's going to be some new information. You're going to get links to things I'm writing, other stories in the globe. And then a real quick breakdown of what Thursday, the governor's press conference is today, things like that. Um, and so it g- gives you a, a quick way to catch up on everything that's happening. Uh, like I said, new news and, and information analysis. And the easiest way to sign up uh, and, and dozens and dozens of people do it every single week, John, uh, is uh, send me a blank email to rinews at globe.com, rinews at globe.com. You don't have to write anything else. I'll know what it is, rinews at globe.com, and you'll start getting it first thing tomorrow. What I find interesting is the first one that I knew that started doing a weekly was your former colleague, Ted Nisi, initially had the Saturday Morning Post, yep. and then it became Nisi's Notes. Then Ian Donis does does uh, one. But you were the first one I know. Like now, I get it from uh, Mike Allen from Axios. Does an after, he, does, he does an afternoon one. Um, the New York Post. Well, how long have you been doing this? You were the first one that I signed up and started getting this from. Well, I, I will say uh, I certainly stole it from some of the national outlets, the politicos of the world who, who have been very into this. But, yeah, we're, we're coming on now two years old. And, um, and John, the, you, you just nailed exactly the reason why we started it. We looked around the landscape in Rhode Island and we saw really well done. My former colleague, Ted, uh, you know, his weekly column and Ian Donis weekly column. But I said, there's nothing that happens that that is every single weekday in your inbox before right. 8 a.m. And uh, and that's why we started. And it's been very we're up to now. Uh, I believe we're about to pass 60,000 subscribers Holy to the newsletter. Wow. And Mark, Mark Halperin does it. Yep. But again, he's on he's on a national level um it's it's not as what i like is this direct links and it's folks it's so local and again you could you could get it and uh and i do i i obviously read it uh each morning and uh dan mcgowan i want to start off obviously the big news yesterday boy that was i don't remember the last time we've had a verdict of of that consequence where basically it's like the whole nation stopped to to watch it uh but you you have a column today you know at all this talk about police reform i i believe the Rhode Island police unions, they have created an atmosphere, I think, where it's one of the strongest union protections in the entire country. That's right. Yeah. To, to back up for a second, only think of, and I paid for this, the, the, the OJ verdict, right? Yeah. I remember being in the third grade for the OJ verdict and a, and a teacher literally crying i remember seeing a teacher crying because she was so upset with the verdict that's always stuck out to me and i think you're right i mean there's certainly been big ones over the years but this this captivated everybody and you know it it seemed like the right time to kind of uh to to localize the the story and rather than just you know we certainly did this but rather than just get all of the um you know, all of the people, the elected official statements on, you know, how happy they are or whatever. Uh, you know, I, I thought it was a good time to point out that 
there's been this this effort to reform the Law Enforcement Officers Bill of Rights, LIABOR, um, which uh, which was you know brought in at a time many many years ago, more than thirty years ago, uh, where you know it, it made some sense to have some protections for union, particularly for police officers, right? You don't want a, a, a police chief to be able to, you know, fire you on the spot or suspend you on the spot. These are sensible things. Of course they are. But over time, it has really grown into this very, um, very difficult, uh, uh, you know, law to sort of uh, maneuver through for police chiefs. And if you talk to the, some of the most respected people in our state, police chief Hugh Clements in Providence, the public safety commissioner, Stephen Perry, they all say, look, the hardest part is you can only suspend an officer, no matter what they do, can only suspend an officer for two days before they become, uh, before they're allowed, they're eligible for this Leobor, uh kind of series of things that happen. There's a disciplinary uh, panel, things like that. And what, what police chiefs, uh, certainly some police chiefs across the state are asking for is an extension of the, that two day maximum suspension. They want to go up to, 14 days. There's a bill in the legislature that would make it 30 days. Um, they're not saying we want to use this all the time. They're saying this would give us a little bit more flexibility when it comes to kind of holding uh, officers, you know, accused of misconduct accountable. Seems like fairly sensible things. Uh, this is not by any means a, you know, defund the police effort. Uh, it actually kind of reminds me of some of the conversations you and I have when it comes to uh, teachers, right? The yeah. ability to, you know, hire and fire teachers, you know, is always under scrutiny. Well, similarly here, it, it would seem like the experts, the people who rise to the level of police chief, have a little bit more ability to uh, kind of impose discipline on their guys and gals um, if they feel it's right. And, uh, and so, you know, this conversation has been really going on since last year, since the George Floyd uh, murder. But uh, it almost feels like it's a back burner issue. I'll tell you, the press conference yesterday with, with Governor McKee and uh, Lieutenant Governor Matos, and it really felt like they were asked about this. It's obviously, it was a big day. They know the, the trial was going on. And it was almost like a back burner kind of topic. Governor McKee even acknowledged, like, I'm not totally familiar with everything in the law. Um, and he said, I support police accountability. Of course, we all do but didn't really have a deep thought. The speaker came out with a statement, didn't offer a, 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 you know, a, a complete thought so, uh, on the Leobor, uh, you know, change, potential changes. So it, it, it's almost a time where that discussion should be happening, given everything else that's happening in the country. Dan McGowan, uh, because of the, the uh, Chauvin situation, I did not, uh, I, I was going to, but then I didn't go to the McKee, Lieutenant Governor Sabina Matos uh, press briefing. I think they're wise to do it. Uh, were you able, were you there? I, I would be curious your impression of it. Yeah, I was there, John. And, and I think you're right. I thought this was actually really well done in the sense that it's not as much of the TV show that the Thursday COVID press conference is. Now, right. there's TV reporters in the room. I think at least one outlet, I believe, did stream it live. But you know what I'm talking about. You know, this this effort to, you know, lots of people, maybe less so now than, than a year ago, but lots of people tune in on Thursdays. Uh, it can become sort of bogged down with questions and you don't know who's asking what. This is more like a sort of a normal press conference that, uh, you know, reporters can, can kind of uh, talk to the governor, lieutenant governor, and not feel this, you know, deep pressure of, you know, I have to perform for television, things like that. So I actually thought it was really, really well done. I think the challenge is always going to be the, the governor and lieutenant governor are going to end up not loving this setting because when we get past COVID, when we get past the big issue of the day, there's still going to be a million questions from about a million different issues. And sometimes I think they get caught a little flat-footed. I think they yeah. did yesterday. And I think you're going to see this idea of we love transparency, but then, you know, behind the scenes, they're going to say, how dare John DiPietro ask that question? Or, you know, Dan asks this question. So I, I think they probably could roll it, you know, run into some hurdles. But 
the idea of it, I think, was great. Remember, Governor Raimondo used to do uh, a once maybe a month, maybe a little bit more than that, or a little bit less than that, would do a sit down with a, with a handful of reporters. She'd have lunch. Right. Mega truck and trailer appear. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for Mega MEGA, Mega truck and trailer repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free Estimates, FHWA inspections, and Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. It's MEGA truck and trailer repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 24-hour mobile service, and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, MEGA truck and trailer repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110. It's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401 401- 321-2799 that's 401-321-2799 or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com Spring is here time to contact Bethel Certified Softwash you can text Jared a free estimate at 401-617-2585 Bethel Certified Softwash they have a great website it's rhodeislandsoftwashing.com outside your home Let's get rid of the grime and the stains, maybe some of that that green algae and moss and mildew that build up over the course of the winter. Call Bethel Certified Soft Wash today. Again, outside your restaurant or your home or a roof or a deck or a patio or a walkway, it's Bethel Certified Soft Wash. Remember, it's biodegradable. It's plant safe. Look for them on Facebook, Bethel. B-E-T-H-E-L, their Facebook page, the before and after, are just tremendous. Contact them today for a free same-day text estimate, 401-617-2585, 401-617-2585. Again, remember, they have a great website. It's RhodeIslandSoftWashing.com, Bethel Certified Soft Wash and Power Wash. Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, um, finish that. I, I remember Steve Clampkin used to go once a month and have uh, it was I think it was a luncheon with Governor Mundo. It's it's a way to really uh, speak to some of the other outlets. So you're to me. So it's it's like you're not just on, uh, you know, Channel 10 and Channel 12 and, and in the journal. It's exactly right. It, sometimes, you know, look, the politicians, whether it's this governor or the, or the last governor, whoever it is, you know, you're always going to level of you know your guard up for reporters but it does feel like a kind of a more intimate setting where you can get a little bit off the cuff even yesterday sabina matos i thought was real you know had a funny kind of joke she i asked her i asked both her and the governor if they'd talked to gina Raimondo at all since uh they were sworn in and uh dan had dan governor mckee had talked to her conversation and sabina matos hadn't talked to her and she kind of joked that you know i've been getting a lot of calls my phone's been uh my voicemail's been filled it was just kind of a humorous moment her acknowledging no i haven't got the call from the secretary um little things like that i i think they do help the problem is is that inevitably what happens is there is a there will be an adversarial relationship with the, the press because our job is to ask tough questions in theory yeah. and, and so i could see a, a scenario where they might not love it but the first one was good could have used you could have used could have used someone maybe to spice things up a bit i was uh, going to there's yeah. a lot of a lot of ppp loan talk which isn't exactly the most exciting yeah. thing but but it, overall i thought it went well <laughs> what i'm just curious before what, what did they get bogged down on was there were the questions about like kennedy plaza or, or yeah so like i asked about kennedy yeah. plaza because i'm working on okay. a column about this and, and it was a lot of 
uh, you know, Governor McKee kind of says, look, I want everyone to come together for the solution, but I don't want everyone to wait forever. And that is, you know, that's a thoughtful response, I suppose, but it was clear he was not, you know, he's allowing Director Elvidi to kind of lead that charge and is not totally in the loop on, you know, on every facet of things that are happening. I thought they got a little bogged down on the um, on the the police reform type questions, because again, yeah. not something that the governor is thinking about. You know, you ask him about PPP loans, he could talk all day. You ask him about sort of the the more sort of uh, thorny issues or just the ones that are not going to be top of mind for him. He does get a little, uh, I guess, flaky on them, which is somewhat understandable. Dan McGowan, you agree that one of the problems with this, you know, if they want to reform police, you run into the union. And what people need to understand is, it, you know, it's not like you're just up against the police union. If there was ever real pushback and there, let's just say there was some kind of informational picket line or if there was any kind of gathering, you're going to get teachers that show up there. You're going to get correctional officers that show up there. You're going to get firefighters that show up. Many times, one of the problems is it's not one. It's, you know, they they really go for the in for one, one for all. When the Providence teachers, Mary Beth Calabro, when they had that march, she she starts off by saying, I want to thank the Pawtucket teachers that are here. I yeah. want to thank the North Providence teachers that are here. I want to thank, I mean, they they are very, very well organized. And if there was ever like a real sound the alarm, boy, they could draw a lot. It's, you know what it is? It's two factors. One is what exactly what you're talking about. That's right. That that even though, you know, the, the police union, both national, certainly nationally, uh, is you know a little bit of an outlier when it comes to the organized labor movement because just by nature of job it's going to be a little more conservative, more supportive certainly of President Trump uh, than maybe the than, than a teachers union is. You're right though they kind of they come one come all kind of thing. The other factor is and this is this is a fault of I think everybody is we only talk about these things in the you know, height of the most sensitive moments in our country, right? The truth is the Leobor conversation is something, you know, that, that, that should be happening or should have been happening long before anything happens in Minnesota, right? There's, there's a, a legitimate discussion to be had about potential changes that don't come across as, you know, an attack on the police, right? It becomes this kind of up or down thing. If you support police reform, it means you hate the police, and certainly that that shouldn't be the case. I mean, these are modest changes that, you know, are, are being proposed. But, you know, I mean, the reality is you, you get a lot of you get certainly a lot of the progressives at the state house who do pitch this as, you know, up or down. They want it to be up or down, support police or oppose police, too. And so then everything just gets a little blurry. Everything gets a little muddy. And. I think if you're the speaker or the Senate president, you look at this and you're it's, it's almost a fight you just don't want to have. I like how you pointed out in your column that the Senate president didn't even issue a statement on the whole thing. It also it just shows I mean, he's he's there now, but boy, he's vulnerable. And certainly, you know, the run in with uh, with uh, with uh, Representative Williams last week. And they I, I just wonder if they are fully up to speed on people are expecting them to have a response on something like that. It's, it's such a good point. You know, what's funny is, is uh, I think before the legislative session started and after the elections, there was all the story, uh, you know, progressive takeover, progressive takeover. And I remember the, the folks in the Senate were in particular in the Senate, right. Cause there were some big wins there for, for the progressives and everybody was, you know, kind of worried or the leadership was very worried. You know, how are we going to, uh, move to the left. Remember, they came out with a bunch of proposals. Then they won their, you know, the leadership stayed, stayed pretty status quo, right? You have the same Senate president, you have the same majority leader. And I think they kind of looked at it like, we bought ourselves another two years, right? Yes. We're, we're ready to go. And the challenge is, is, is you're right. I think there's more of an expectation in that chamber that they, you know, be outspoken or, 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 you know, take, you know, make moves to the left. Now, look, they're supporting marijuana legalization, things like that. So they certainly have done that. But there is a little there. There's certainly a hesitance on social issues, on complicated matters like police, where they they just don't want any part of it at this point. At least the leadership doesn't. Damon McGowan, how is the room? Uh, the, I, I think is that that's that large conference room. I've actually been in that in the director administration. Um, how, how's the room? Because I, I was a little surprised they're not using 
the state room is a great room and it's a huge room and it's right next to the governor's office and it certainly gives off the the aura but that that is a giant conference room at the director of administration's building you know, it's funny, John. The state house, the state room is like one of the great home field advantages it that is. a governor can have, yes. right? It's it's a beautiful place. Uh, you know, you're looking at these big chairs, and oh, you know, if you're a reporter, forget you and I. I mean, if you're a younger reporter, you're yes. you're you're intimidated by being in that place, big time. And, and so it is. And, and by the way, so are we at times. I think so. Uh, you know, it is. Uh, I think it's almost smarter to use that if you want to maybe a more, I don't know, a more friendly or less hostile press. The one thing that's good about the Department of Administration room, it's it's the same room that the governor uh, originally was having her press conferences in uh, during mm-hmm. COVID. It's spacious. They can do the, you know, six feet apart with seats. Uh, they, you know, they had it pretty marked off where people could sit. They um, so, you know, it, it works fine. It is not a great site. You know, I watched some of the television coverage of it. Yeah, it, it it's, not a, it's not very beautiful, right? It's, no, it's a it, conference room. Yeah, it looks like yeah. a conference room because it is a conference room. But, um, but you know, it, it, it works for what we're all trying to do. You could hear everything fine. The governor and the lieutenant governor sat up front and kind of just chatted with us for a while. And um, like I said, I thought it was good. I'm, I'm skeptical that they'll continue it forever, especially as we get closer to campaigns. It's my understanding it's going to be every Tuesday at that time. That's the plan. I I think originally they might be doing it once every two weeks, but they want it to be every week. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I will be there. And and also, um, how was Lieutenant Governor Sabina Matos? You know, somebody somebody in the press corps kind of said to me, boy, she is way more comfortable than I thought thought she'd be. And I thought that was an interesting kind of uh, analysis. She – he is because when you're the city council president in Providence, you don't get a ton of television time, but what you do get is a lot of repetitions. I mean, Sabina yeah. Matos had me in her ear for years as a reporter covering city hall. You do become comfortable. You become a little bit more kind of self-deprecating when it comes to, you know, you make a little joke about yourself or you, you know, you acknowledge sometimes, look, I don't know the answer to that question. Let me get back to you. Um, I thought she was pretty comfortable in it. She too, you know, she doesn't want to have a disagreement with the governor. So she and the governor, I think, have a little bit of a disagreement when it comes to Kennedy Plaza, for example. She's supported uh, the the idea of, of not doing the, the, the redesign that's been proposed, whereas the governor's more of let's wait and see, let's make this work kind of thing. Um, and so I think what she's trying to do is avoid uh, conflict with you know, the person who made her, even though now she owes him nothing, right? Now she's the lieutenant governor right? and she's separate. But uh, I do think it's only natural that you almost defer to the governor, uh, especially when he's the one that appoints you. Um, Dan McGowan, before we take a break, I want to make mention, you know, it's not easy when someone goes out to cover a protest because a lot of times it's, you know, it's, it's tough to come up with a new angle on it. But the, the story yesterday by your colleague, Amanda Melkovitz, that absolutely was on the bullseye. Cedric Hutley, this is something that I noticed, and, and I, I talked about it yesterday, folks. You can read it uh, in the Boston Globe. Again, we're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. But this is something that I have actually had discussions with members of Black Lives Matter, which is, you know, they come together, they're in Providence. <clears throat> but as she illustrated, and Cedric Hutley, director of nonviolence, was pointing out that you have people shot a mile, two miles from where they are, Last summer, I would mention the names of different individuals in Providence. The protesters didn't even know who I was talking about. So I thought the story yesterday in the Globe by Amanda illustrated well, you know, they're chanting off George Floyd. They're chanting the name of Breonna Taylor. They want the mayor of Chicago to resign and the police chief. Yet you had two people shot on the same street. Uh, she just went through the shootings in April in Providence. And it's one right after the other. And, and, and he was exactly right. It's it, it just becomes, you know, some candles on the sidewalk. It's really just the family and the protesters. They, they don't address actual events that they could have impact on. hundred percent. I'm so glad you caught this and, and, and have talked about it because I thought Amanda's story was uh, excellent. Was excellent. excellent. It was revealing. And, and, and that's the thing. I mean, this is the way it always if you talk to anybody who does this work, the Nonviolence Institute people you know, if you were if you were to have a beer with Chief Clements, for example, he would say, you know, for all the conversations, and this is there are two separate things, but for 
all the big picture conversations about police misconduct. And then for all the big conversations about should you get, you know, assault rifles out of people's hands, all fine and dandy and good conversations to have, they don't change what's happening on the streets of Providence. Uh, and particularly in the last week, you had two homicides. You know, you, you, I think they're up to five or six now citywide, yep. which doesn't sound like a lot, except when you figure that at the same time last year, it was about one. I think there was one homicide at the same yep. point last year. You know, you're heading into a hot summer. It's always when you start to see a, you know, violent uh, violence increase in the city. And very rarely does it happen. And, you know, I mean, let's be honest about it. It's, it's because it happens very often out of sight, out of mind. It's happening, you know, on the south side. It's happening, uh, you know, in the, the West End or Olneyville, uh, in less so on, you know, in down, right in the middle of downtown or, or where people are going to go to their beer gardens or, you know, hang out on the east side. Uh, and, and it's much more, it's much easier and it's much um I hate to say, fun is not the appropriate word, but it's no. Certainly... But you're right. It's it's like more fashionable. Yes. It's almost like a trend. It's it's you know they call the I know them. You know we know the names George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and now Dante Wright and and the little boy. But I that's Cedric Cutley. He is the real deal. I mean, he lives and breathes it. I like the fact he's not against defunding the police. It's like what the police? This is violence. The police they're the only people equipped to do it. But um, but but she, that story, I mean, that is exactly what is going on. Well, and John, th- uh, that goes back to what we were just talking about. You were, you were asking about the governor's uh, in the lieutenant governor's press conference. Sabina Matos got asked a very fair question. I believe it was by Kathy Gregg from the Journal, um, who, who said, you know, you supported uh, a resolution when you were council president that said, you know, uh, repeal the the Leobor bill, or and, and there was you know a movement to defund the police on the council's watch although she didn't support it and she said very honestly look i talked to my constituents many of my constituents actually want more police uh so yes was it a you know was last summer 20 days or after you know a a terrible thing happens in minnesota what were were you know were temperatures really high and did we you know want action to happen yeah you know i've looked at it since then and i have a a, an evolution on this i thought that was you know a very reasonable point uh you know when they're wrong or say they've changed their positions but that's exactly right and it's people like you know cedric from the Nonviolence institute who are saying guys like to the city council guys you know to fund the police is the last huh. thing you, you should be doing in this city right and, and one last thing Dan McGowan, before we take a break is uh i mean what i hear from police detectives something that they, they they don't get cooperation from family and friends. A lot of people that doesn't get highlighted. But you had, a, you had someone, he was in his mid-20s. He obviously went to meet someone. He was found shot dead. He had a luxury automobile. He had, I think, like 5000 in cash. And yet the cell phone was missing. So the police have been saying to the family, because the friends go and they remove it, oh, no, he didn't have a cell phone. Right. Which is nonsense. Right. Can, can, who who doesn't have a cell phone? Yeah. On the cell phone could be the text of "Meet me at such and such." A, no, no, he doesn't have a cell phone. I mean, who doesn't have a cell phone? Never well, mind you driving a luxury automobile. You have five thousand in cash well, on you. John, I'll but, give you. I, I'll give you. An, I'll give you another example. I remember years ago, I was at Channel Twelve, and one of my beats was covering the crime beat. And there was a there was a spike in homicides. It was probably maybe three in a month. Uh, all either related or like, you know, people kind of knew each other. And you were watching this. This is, you know, wasn't the early days of Facebook by any means, but it was a time when people were far less careful about what they were putting on social media. Certainly people, you know, who were involved maybe in these in these incidents or at least involved in the violence associated with it. And I remember uh, I, tracking all of these different social media people in Providence who were literally openly talking about, you know, payback and they knew who did it and all this other stuff. And then you'd go to the police and you'd say, Hey, there's all this stuff on social media. And they say, yeah, we've investigated every piece of it and nobody will talk. I mean, right. they, they, they talk about it online. They talk about it amongst themselves. They grab people's cell phones, things like that. But that, that no snitching kind of thing um, is, is very real when it comes to some of the, the kind of the street violence that happens in Providence and in many cities across the country. Folks, quick break. A lot more Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe right here on the John DePietro Show. 
were in an accident, someone hit your vehicle, it's damaged in some way, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Folks, as you're riding along, you just never know. You could be dealing with a drunk driver, someone not paying attention. How about the people texting and driving? If you ever damage your vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401 272 3340. Several reasons. One, they'll handle everything for you. Two, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. And three, they'll make your car. It'll look like it just rolled out of the showroom. West Fountain Auto Body. Call them 401-272-3340. Did someone damage your vehicle? Whether it's a small fender bender or nearly total vehicle, West Fountain will restore your vehicle, get it back on the road. Call them today, 401 401- 272-3340. And remember, if you're having an accident, first thing you want to do, call the police, fill out a police report. If the tow truck shows up, tell them, let's get this vehicle over to West Fountain, 401-272-3340. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www. This portion of the John DePietro Show, folks, is brought to you by Brothers Disposal. Call Brother Roland today, now offering weekly trash collection services. Brothers Disposal. Look for them on Facebook. They have those purple dumpsters, and the Facebook page stands out, purple and yellow. Brothers Disposal. Again, offering weekly trash collection services. Call for an estimate, 401 688 0517. 401 6880517 come on brother call brothers disposal today put a purple dumpster in your driveway maybe you're doing some spring cleaning or maybe you want to clean out that basement the garage the attic call brothers disposal today get a purple dumpster in your driveway 401-688-0517 and remember now offering weekly trash collection services call for an estimate it's brothers disposal 401 401- Six eight eight zero five one seven. We're speaking with columnist Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, uh, I like your piece that you wrote. You uh, spoke to three mayors. Boy, that mayor Citra Falls is uh, really earning her her pay with the door to door. But uh, what can you tell us about the three new mayors? Uh, and very, you know, when you're the new mayor of Warwick, new mayor of Cranston, certainly a lot of challenges. I thought Mayor Picosi. For and then, by the way, this is one you can get. You would have gotten free yesterday in Roadmap. Uh, and we, what we did, we asked the three new mayors in their first 100 days, biggest surprise about being And Mayor Picosi and Warwick, I thought, offered the most candid and, and sort of refreshing because it was candid take. He said, I was so surprised by how the, the poor condition of our city, that just things aren't clean enough, things aren't, uh, you know, they're, they're not easy to fix. He said, you know, as someone who comes from the private sector, you're surprised by how slow government moves. Uh, I, I thought that was just so well said because yeah. it's something we hear about. It's something that, you know, people call into you or you and I talk about, we hear about, but very rarely do you get, you know, a mayor to talk about that. In other cases, you'd have, you know, mayors saying how great the city workers are and how clean everything is. And he, he said, I was so surprised by, by that part of it. You know, I, I think Central Falls and uh, Mayor Rivera, like you said, has been um, you know, she's kind of been all kind of a new star lately. She's been all over the place. And it's because she's doing this door to door thing where she knocks on every door, tries to get people vaccinated. Uh, and, you know, Mayor Hopkins, who had a lot of experience in city government, you know, took a more kind of measured approach and, and, and view of things is every, you know, everything's hard when it comes to COVID, but, you know, we're getting through it. Um, those are, you know, standard answers but boy mayor Picosi did not hold back on what has surprised him about being mayor and and i like his response about the fact the low morale between both employees of the city but also residents yeah. of the city but dan mcgowan i think some of that comes in you know people can blame solomon but scott avidisha was mayor for a very long time it starts to become 
This is the way we've always done it. Go along to get along. Warwick really is in need of like an uplift. He's he's got a, you know, I give him a lot of credit, and he was out there on the plow trucks, but he, um, I'm not surprised to hear that he's got he's got a big job ahead of him. I think you're right, and I think it's it, it does. I mean, look, Scott Abadusian could argue is one of the most successful uh, mayors of the last you know several generations. The problem was that he was the mayor of you know for for almost twenty years, right? And yeah. so. You know, you you do. You get a little complacent. It becomes very easy to do the things that you've always done. I mean, you see this even in shorter terms. I mean, Mayor Lourdes is going to be eight years as mayor next year, right? And next year will be his eighth year. And it's already a conversation about, hey, we did, you know, we've done it like this and it's worked in the past. So imagine double, more than double that when it comes to, to Warwick. So, you know, and I think interestingly, Mayor Hopkins has this as an interesting situation in Cranston because he kind of wanted to pick up the mantle where Mayor Fung left off. But you're right. I think, I think residents kind of do like a little bit of change once in a while. And so it'd be interesting to see how he almost can put his own spin while trying to keep the city moving as well as it was under Mayor Fung. You wrote a great piece about Mayor Lourdes. I thought it was very fair, but very accurate. You know, he goes to these conferences, has all these big ideas. But what about the implementation? I'm curious of the feedback. What do you hear from? Because I haven't, no one's written that. No one has written that column with that opinion. It was 100% of the bullseye. But I'm sure he, his people, uh, some of the people that are not fans of his, I, I'm gonna guess you got a big reaction on that. <laughs> I got a big reaction. wasn't quite like the uh, Worcester Stadium reaction, but uh, it, it, you know, it, people are quickly learning that that uh, you know I'm not their friend, uh, and, and and I think the mayor was not thrilled. You know, I, I talked to the mayor for a long time before I published uh, that column because I told him flat out, look. Mayor, you know, I've covered you for a long time. I, yeah. I've covered your campaign the first time. You know, you've proposed a lot of different things, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, he wanted free Wi-Fi for the entire city during his campaign, you know, all these things now, reparations and universal income. And he made the case to me that, nope, we're, I reject what you're saying. That's what he said. He, 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 he rejects the premise. He said, we are going to move all these things forward. We are doing them. You know, we're, um, I'll show you it. But the problem is, is that his track record in some ways speaks for itself. And here's a guy who is very much, could very much be sort of the ideal Democratic uh, uh, candidate for governor. What I mean by that is not that he would be the right candidate, just that he checks a lot of the boxes on things that make a good primary candidate. Very liberal. He, he you know, Latino could, could, would, you know, be able to be the first Latino governor. People love that stuff. Um, and has been, you know, he's a two-term mayor of Providence, has been successful, at least electorally. But his, his execution has been, I think, very questionable. And I'll tell you, the, the thing I heard the most the, and the best piece of feedback that I was getting was from people who have worked for him and no longer do, who say, yep, you nailed it. Here's a guy who has all the right intentions, you know, wants to get things right, wants to do big, bold ideas, but then moves to the next big, bold idea before he ever finishes any one of them. Um, last note, Dan McGowan, I'm surprised uh, that we don't see any of the people running for governor out with some of these protesters or trying to walk along with them. You see it in some of the other cities. Uh, it would just make the different, they would stand out. I'm almost wondering just at some point, someone's going to figure that out of how do you really make yourself different than the rest of the crowd? It would be to kind of go out there. I'm not sure. I don't think we're going to see governor McKee do that, but I am surprised that we haven't seen maybe some of the other contenders trying to stand out, you know, from, here's from the crowd. The, here's the interesting thing, right? So, so use Marilorza as a great example of that. Marilorza could very well be the most liberal candidate right. running for governor now. Yeah. It, it would be a natural move for him to kind of go in that direction. The yeah. challenge is, though, and this is another piece of feedback I got, a lot of the liberal activists, the most kind of the most progressive activists, the most woke folks in the city, don't love him. They don't think huh. he's gone far enough wow. when it comes to policing and things like that. And so... It's almost as though he has no home to go. And then, you know, you're right. Governor McKee is very moderate. He's not going to go in that direction. No. And then I think what you see with Treasurer Magaziner and Secretary of State Nelly Gorbea is this 
they're trying to find their place. They don't yes. know where they should stand. Exactly. And, and they're going to pull it first. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. Folks, he uh, is the columnist for the Boston Globe. He covers Rhode Island and actually the region. He's Dan McCowan. Dan, great job. I also enjoyed uh, the mention about John King with the Terracani Lecture Series. Uh, because of your roadmap and link, I did actually link onto that. It sounds very interesting. Keep up the great work, and we will talk to you again. Talk to you next week, John. Thanks. It's spring and time to call J. Cannell Engineering today at 401-351-7600. J. Cannell Engineering, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You know, pretty soon it'll be warm. It'll be hot. Why not have central air for your home? Call J. Cannell Engineering today, 401-351-7600. Remember, with JKL, estimates are free. Financing is available, both residential and commercial, in the wintertime. JKL, they can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. It's going to be a hot summer. Call JKL Engineering today. Be nice and cool in your home this summer. Call JKL 401-351-7600. For 54 years, JKL's reputation, second to none, especially for technical expertise and customer satisfaction. JKL they do it right. They do it right the first time. They're an approved national grid VPI installer. JKL is also a Navian certified factory dealer called JKL for a system replacement, oil to gas, or for a heat pump. Estimates are free. Financing is available, both residential and commercial. Call JKL Engineering today for light for Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 401 351 7600, 401 351-7600. It's JKL Engineering. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401 401- 321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Mega Logistics, they're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401-431-2300. MEGA Mega Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third-party brokerage for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies. You can depend on MEGA, MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401-431-2300. 401-431-2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight goods third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MEGA Logistics, 401-431-2300. It's spring, and Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island is your lawn care company. Call them today for a free quote, 401-392-1025. Check out their website, LawnDoctor.com, your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Call them now. Get that spring program. You have the fertilizer, then you guaranteed broadleaf crabgrass control. Your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Call Lawn Doctor today. Check out their website, LawnDoctor.com, or call them 401-392-1025.